Hello, hello, my name is Jimmy Longbottom. You may know my brother, Bobby Longbottom. Today, I have an amazing product for you. Yes, you, dear listener, the Rack and Tour collection is selling shirts, hoodies, and a mug. All of these things can be yours at gilgamesh.co slash collections slash Rack and Tour. Links are on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram of the Rack and Tour collection as well. The first 10 customers who use the code Rack and Tour at checkout can get a 10% discount. 10%? Ooh. These are only available for a short while, so please visit the links on our social pages or go to guildgamesh.co slash collections slash raconteur. Thank you, thank you. Okay? Okay? Okay. Bye now. On to the show! You know, we've, or I've, like, we both entered the podcast, like, the last couple times where we did the really stilted, hey, everybody, you're listening to The Rack and Tour. Hey, Watch. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, welcome back. Rack and Tour Collection, Chapter 3, Episode 3. Is that correct? Yes. 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 We should know this. We've just been doing this for so long now. (laughs) A podcast, everybody. If you are not familiar, Raconteur Collection is all about Jack and Charlie and covers a wide variety of topics. At one time, this show was going to be called the Jack and Charlie Variety Hour, but it was not called that. Instead, it's called the Raconteur Collection. The Raconteur Collection... Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, everywhere. all the good stuff. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Literally. Jack, before we jump into our topic today, yes, sir. I think it's gonna be an interesting you know, an interesting conversational one as most of our topics are. Mm. I want to cover a couple of housekeeping things. Yes, of course. I will let you talk about the announcement that you have, ah. if you'd like, and then I'll go through some messages we received. Messages. And then we can kind of intersperse that and talk about our weeks. So, Jack, Sounds what's good. the announcement? How's your week been? How are you doing, man? How are you doing on this fine Sunday at 2.41 p.m.? Amazing introduction charlie thank you so much i am here in my wonderful apartment i'm about to move out of to bring you some amazing news the raconteur collection has merchandise or more commonly referred to as merch that you yes you the listener can purchase right now we have a um a wonderful provider who goes by the name of gilgamesh so gilgamesh.com you look that up as you heard in the intro we got merch we got a shirt, we got a hoodie, and we got a mug. Three simple items, but you know what? It's enough to get us started. Would love for you guys to hop on that. Buy a few things if you can. Support us. Support the store. We're super thankful that he's uh, coming through and doing this for us. And you know, it's only going to be over about 30 days. So, you know, at, at, this, at the time this podcast is coming out, it's more like 27. So, get on that. It's actually pretty cool. It's the design we have you see right now on Spotify or, you know, wherever else we have posted it. So it's cool. 
our first iteration of our merch line, and who knows if it'll be the only one. Other than that, I've been doing pretty good, Charlie. I've uh, been getting things kind of cleaned up and organized for the move. We're moving on the second. Probably the big move day is going to be the third. Uh, that's when I'm going to like rent a U-Haul and that kind of stuff. And, and that's the help of our brothers to move a few things. So I think it's going to be a pretty you know, easy moving, but I'm just, I'm so ready to get out of here and to not have trolls as my upstairs neighbors and not just smell like, I don't know, I think like all of our neighbors smoke a ton of weed and I'm just saying the smell of weed, I mean, maybe it's just the certain strains they smoke, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm a straight edge man myself, but, uh, they, they smell horrible, it's horrible and, Mm. So, you know, I'm excited to move. We're going to be down, you know, by, by where you work. And it's going to be a super fun little neighborhood, a good place we're going to be able to be set up for a year. Other than that, I mean, the week's been going fine. I kind of recently started playing through Bloodborne again, which is fun. Um, playing a bit of, Bloodborne. as usual, playing a bit of Tarkov. I, t- I took a, bit, a, a little bit of a break from Tarkov just because I was like, it's yeah. the only thing I've been playing for a while. Uh, so I was playing some Warzone a little bit, but I'm frustrated with that game. And so we kind of jumped into some Bloodborne. <laughs> and then I also downloaded Shadow of the Colossus to start that again here pretty soon. So, Oh, you know, also one of my favorites. Yeah, like I said, it's been a good week. We're going to do some furniture shopping, and I've been going on for a while now. But, you know, overall, things are going pretty good. No real complaints. End of the podcast. Charlie, how are you awesome. doing? Awesome. Buy our merch, please. I, yeah, by the way, check it out. Jack had it all set up um, on his own and was like sending me messages and stuff about it. And it looks really good. So definitely uh, go check it out and rep some Rack and Tour collection. Links will be on Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Links will be everywhere. So, you know. So, yeah, I, you know, my week has been pretty good. I feel like a little bit like work is dragging and I think I'm just kind of hitting that point where I'm just kind of tired of it you know mm-hmm. but those feelings kind of come and go and so I've just been trucking along with my editing just about done with that so getting ready to go into another print of some alpha versions of the book I've been working on ready to get that done and out there so other people can read it and you know tell me what to fix still kind of you know plugging away and chugging at you know second episode of tales of ephemera i hear is coming out pretty soon second episode of chapters also should be coming out pretty soon as well for those um shows in particular i haven't really nailed down when i want them to come out uh chapters i could see coming out you know weekly jack as this kind of this podcast does but i really only i think it will when I start getting more regular feedback on chapters. It's a podcast all about writing. Yeah. Um, that podcast course. is kind of, it kind of hinges on people's opinions and, you know, what they thought of certain media or other writing topics. So for now, I think I'm kind of just planning on to have, you know, Tales of Ephemera come out, can organize that's come out, you know, monthly and chapters come out monthly. So, but that is, you know, liable to change. So, Mm-hmm. But you know, other than that, I, I just want to say it's been going pretty good. 
No, uh, Lily, she actually, you know, inquired and our, our sister was like, hey, can I send something in for Tales of Ephemera? And like, of course, you know, if you guys ever have anything mm-hmm. you're writing or yeah. whatever, like if you want to send something in, just send it to the Raconteur Gmail, raconteurcollection at gmail.com. And, you know, and we'll look at it. Well, and Charlie's, he's not too judgmental yet, you know, so get it in while you no. can. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's all, you know. All really great. Now, we're going to incorporate our mailbag segment. Mailbag! Kai, I wanted to sing the Blues Clues like mail song. I was going to join you, but I don't, I don't know, know that well. You picked it up. <laughs> um, But we got a really nice message from one of our patrons, Becky. And she said, your voices are worth listening to, even if I... <laughs> Even if I didn't love you and share your awesome DNA, I would still listen to you guys. I love your unique perspectives and your separate traveling on this earth stories. So, Becky, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank um, you. Fantastic to hear. She sent that over on Patreon. And now our Instagram dive on our last episode, which was all about Disney, which seemed to be a pretty people seem to like that one. But I think that's a really accessible topic. You know, a lot of people have seen. Yeah, of course. Um, we got a comment from Michael who said, in all, in all caps, he said, finding Dory is great. And so is star Wars. <laughs> You're wrong on that one, Jack. And then underneath that, he said, fantastic episode. All right. Did I ever say finding Dory wasn't that so, good or was he just, I don't know. I, cause I don't know <laughs> I if I've actually got really seen it, when he but, um, you know, maybe he's saying like it's really good. You should. Maybe see I said it, it was oh, just all right. <laughs> that, that you know, that sounds like a you thing, for sure. Uh, and then we got another message from Kate that said, "Loved the completely understandable mix-up between Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty." <laughs> we were listening to that podcast together, and she was cracking up when I messed those those two. And yeah, that's a really bad mess up. I think it's funny because Lily also <laughs> go ahead texted me and was like. Hey, you know that's the wrong movie, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I know." Yeah, but I, uh, Kate also said, "I have to mention, <laughs> you guys f- forgot about the absolute worst messed up part of Pinocchio, maybe of any Disney movie ever. That stupid whale, absolutely unnecessarily horrifying." Kate hates the whale, like traumatized by the whale from Pinocchio. So, mm. you know, that's a that's a good one. Maybe that's why a lot of people have like a deep fear of the ocean because they watch Pinocchio and they're like, "A whale's gonna come up." And- take me away (laughs) um you know diving back a little further on our jack and daxter episode again we got michael saying i forgot about the peacemaker really one of the best trilogies couldn't agree more i think it's great thank you thank you michael so michael always yeah yeah, like we said energetic and it's always great hearing from him yeah and so yeah those that's just a little bit of a dive into some of the messages and stuff we've been going and I, i love reading that stuff out and kind of interacting on that level especially as jack and i are doing these kind of more week to week rather than having a backup so we can kind of incorporate more stuff live as they say but you know i think that's all we have for kind of our pre-topic bonanza so jack unless you have something to add that is not on topic we'll jump right in to the topic you know what? I'm I'm trying to think if I do, and I I really don't buy our merch, please. And I don't. Yeah. You know, I do have something to add before. I oh my just gosh! Off. So what? When we were talking about in the last episode, how we talked about um 
Marvel movies and how I never was really into them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, as listeners may know, I'm a big fan of the anime My Hero Academia. I My Hero Academia. I love the anime. I love the, love the uh, manga. I'm all caught up in that. And the fifth season just came out. And I was, like, watching the episode and I was like, you know, maybe I would like the Marvel movies because I love, like, the superheroes in My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Kate and I have been watching the Marvel movies for what the past couple weeks and we just finished avengers age of ultron gotta say i understand why people like them so much but for me they're very forgettable and i don't mean that in a bad way like watching them i'm like oh man this is great watch captain america winter soldier great movie but am i gonna watch it again no i'm not going to so and I really think where it's at and like where, you know, all the hype is, is the Avengers movies themselves and those movies. And like the other movies are good because they add in those kind of character buildups and, you know, stories before you hit the main Avengers. But that being said, Avengers, like they tend to kind of flesh out their characters in the own way. And I kind of like jumping between just the Avengers movie and being like, oh, yeah, these characters aren't the same because some time has passed and these characters have seen some growth and it's natural that maybe they'd be a little bit different. So for me, I guess I don't need the day-to-day updates of, oh, hey, this is what you know Captain America was doing mm-hmm. in his downtime. He was help-stopping Hydra, who implanted itself into the government and is now using media and stuff to basically kill everybody on Earth. Okay, that's another thing, too. I got to mention. I was watching Age of Ultron, Jack, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting down. Pause the movie. Go do some housework. Come back to it. The main bad guy in Age of Ultron is Ultron. Shocker, right? No way. But you know what his plan is? Sorry, I'm gonna spoil this. I thought it was positive. I don't really care. But you know what the you know you know what the, his plan is to wipe out humanity? This all powerful basically android, this all powerful intelligence. You know what his plan is? What's his plan? Well, you might think, hey, I'm a super I'm a super smart uh, robot. I'm a super smart android. I can think of anything. I might release a virus. I might tailor a virus, release it into the wild, you know. Oh, hey, I might just, you know, <laughs> oh, get hey. some uh, weapons. I might just blow up some stuff. Oh, hey, I might do this. No, what he's going to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is he's going to lift up a giant chunk, a piece of the earth, fly it miles into the air then drop it back down as like a meteor to trigger like an extinction level event for humanity. While I appreciate that visually and seeing a huge chunk of earth get lifted up out of the ground mm-hmm. as the city is like still on it and you know, things are falling apart. It's like, man, <laughs> there's gotta be an easier way yeah, to wipe out. It's overly complicated <laughs> to, <laughs> it almost makes you think of um, that Futurama episode where they encase new New York and like pull it up to throw it towards the sun because everyone yeah. has like, That's- they caught the cold or whatever. <laughs> the only way to get rid of it is to send all of the city into the sun. It's it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> or the I love their the global warming one where they're like, we just get drop a giant ice cube into the ocean every now and again. <laughs> but of course, as the earth warms, <laughs> we have to make the ice cube a little bigger each time. <laughs> and they go to the comet and they put that huge cup there to collect the ice, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. 
Oh. But yeah, sorry, that's all I have. Jack, today, we're going to be talking about kind of an interesting topic. Really, today is all about our play styles when it comes to video games and why we play the games we do and what we find enjoyable out of those selection of games. So to kind of get it started, Jack, so we, you know, we grew up together in the same room for most of our lives until we moved out. Listen to the moving and apartments episode Mm. for more info. Yes. But so, you know, growing up, we played a lot of the same games right in our, you know, or the vicinity of each other. So Jack growing up and you can track this back as far as you want or as recent as you want, but why did you start playing the types of games you like to play? Like what are some of the games you liked and then why was it fun to mm-hmm. play them? Are we, so I'm sorry for you. Was, is this back then or is this now? This is back okay. then. You can, if you want to go like all the way back to, Oh, I remember our dad playing fallout. Gosh. Listen to the fallout episode for that. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you can be like, oh, I remember when I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. So really, so, however far back you want to take I it. I think for me personally, um, video games were kind of a thing. I didn't really think about why I enjoyed them until I was probably about like my, my mid-teens. You know, like when I was getting into Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoyed them because they kept my attention. Uh, and it was very much unlike movies or TV shows, even to this day. Like, it's hard for me to get into movies or TV shows. There's like, there's not enough going on that's like you know stimulating my brain because i just have such a higher level of right. thought um so i need to play call of duty <laughs> no <laughs> no so i don't know <laughs> i think the reason because i really really got in call of duty um and mm-hmm. i think the reason i started getting into that games like that in multiplayer games was because not only was it competitive and i have uh, a competitive edge to games I want to play, even though I'm not like super good at them anymore. Right. Um, it was also just like you could unlock like camos or attachments, or you got, you know, emblems or, you know, like rewards. You could prestige. Like there was a lot of stuff you could do that felt like, you know, it wasn't just, oh, getting the bad guys. You know, it wasn't, oh, look at the kill streak I got. It was like, if I can do right. this. I will if I use this gun, I will not only start leveling up this perk to get to pro, I'll also be getting attachments, also be getting working on camos. And so it's just there's a, like a lot that goes into it. And so I think right. what I found that I really enjoy with games, even like nowadays, is kind of like the same thing, but it's a lot less I don't like it being so in my face. I like it kind of being in the background. Like, you know, you're leveling some skills, you're kind of slowly building up. I'm a yeah. huge fan of, like, slow building up rather than just, like, instant gratification because that is just, you know, mm. it's it's too fast, okay. if that makes sense. So, like, the difference between, you know, unlocking the different um, camos and stuff in Call of Duty versus, like, a mobile game, where when you start off in a mobile game, it's like, oh, hey, you're unlocking all this stuff and it's going really great and oh oh you've hit the wall yeah now you've hit level nine and now this is when progression slows down yeah we're not going to just hand these out to you anymore yeah all the free gems Mm -hmm. that they gave you suddenly ran out you're like suddenly wait a second yeah 
Interesting. Yeah, and so that that's so you kind of, kind it for of me. like the the steady progression and the grind compare like um but like merged with that kind of competitive aspect. Yeah, and well, which is interesting because then you have games like Dark Souls yeah. that I don't play as much as I as I you know used to, but I enjoy them because there's a lot of like customizable yeah. options with your character you can do, and one of the reasons I like Bloodborne so much, I think yeah. I played but Bloodborne the most, is because like basically any way you take your character is viable as long as you're not like just shooting yourself in the foot you know what i mean you're not like just making like a quote-unquote a dumb build just because you know you can use whatever weapon you can use whatever it's just so i don't know it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. um as i've gotten older i've kind of strayed away from call of duty but i do play warzone every now and again as i mentioned almost in every podcast i think i played tarkov a good bit but i'm not very good I just play it a lot. So. Right. Yeah. What about, what about you, Charlie? No, that's really that's really interesting cuz I think yeah, for me, you know, like tracing it back to when we first started playing games, we like had an old computer and we had like Commander Keen. Oh boy. And yeah. like Wolfenstein 3D. But and, you know, I and then, like, early, like, then, what, Spyro on the PlayStation 1? Yeah, so, like, early days, I think I just played games for, like, just flat-out entertainment, yeah. you know? Because, like you said, there is something really satisfying about collecting things or filling up a meter or, you know, finding secret areas. Oh, that was the best. I remember yeah. really specifically in Commander Keen, you could kind of glitch out the game and, like, fly off the map. And, like, go to, like, some weird areas where the game just didn't. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Like, I, I love that kind of stuff. But uh, as I got older, I think for me it was um, kind of being able to inhabit these different worlds and to experience these different worlds and these different stories with the added benefit of having a reason to explore them and making it fun. So, like, you know, Fallout 1 and 2 exploring the wasteland but then you're also growing and building your character starcraft unique you know rts warcraft 3 like you know i think a lot of those early games like it was definitely like oh i don't see this type of thing other places like i'm thinking about like the darkness or dead space i mean like a lot of the early ones we played together it was just like oh wow i don't see stuff like this that often Or I don't see a world like this that often. And so I tend to, to to like focus more on those, which is why I really get like games like Shadow of the Colossus and more of like, I, I guess you could say story heavy, but I don't know if that's exactly true because I really do like Dark Souls and, you know, Demon Souls and Bloodborne mm-hmm. and all of those games. And those games I wouldn't say are story heavy. In fact, all the story is kind of just there for you to like get into on your own if you want. And so I think as I've gotten older, it's become way more about like how the game feels to play, if that makes any sense, because that's become a big, big reason for me. Like there are some games I play that I'm like, maybe if I was younger and I wanted to spend 12 hours getting into this and then, you know, the last 40 mastering it, I would love it. But (laughs) sometimes there are games that I play that I just... They don't get me into it. And it's so funny because, you know, I feel like games back in the day, so like Jack and Dexter, which we've talked about, 
and we've talked about Fallout, and we've talked about what, like yes. The Last of Us. Those are all games that like get you in pretty quickly. I would say Fallout's the only exception, but we had a really easy, you know, downhill mm-hmm. curve into Fallout, like through our dad. But then you can watch other people play Fallout and you can totally understand why somebody would be like, oh man, I love Fallout 3. Let me go back to the first one. And then they are like struggling to select their weapon or to yeah, get or out they of the have cave like or four they don't understand where to go. And you're like, ooh. You know, so it's like, I, I totally understand why there are some barriers. But yeah, for me, it all became about like different unique worlds. Game feel was a big one. And there's a couple ones I want to really bring up later. But so like moving on, Jack, from early like Call of Duty games and stuff, what are some other games you remember us playing together? And why do you think that they both, you know, uh, I don't know, for lack of a word, they both like appealed to us. They both like Mm -hmm. kind of ticked that box for us. Like, why do we both like Bloodborne a lot? Because on the surface, based on what we've said, it seems like maybe you wouldn't like it, but I would like it. So why why does it why does like Bloodborne a game that's not directly like competitive? I can see how Bloodborne has like those kind of like slow progression things where it's like, oh, you got your level to plus one or your weapon to plus one. Oh, you got your weapon to plus two. Oh, you can put a p- couple more points into strength, a couple more points into skill. You know, so I can see it from that angle. But why does yeah, a game I mean, like that grab it's you? Because we can talk about this in a lot of different ways. Because um, I can say the same about like mm-hmm. you know just kind of basically like warzone like why doesn't warzone grab you like it it has you know no real story but there is a story to it and you know it has well and I'll, go ahead and answer i'll answer that actually good, but after your um, answer this no yeah anyway that's a big reason so yeah. the the reason i think that bloodborne is a game that appeals to both of us even though we both like pretty different kinds of games for the most part um is that bloodborne there's not a lot of downtime in Bloodborne and there's not a lot of, you know, which mm. is funny coming from a game again, like escape from Tarkov. There is a good amount of downtime like when you're, but like it's not traditional downtime. And so it's Bloodborne, I think appeals to me in a way because right. it's very visceral. Um, you know, the actions that your guy does mm-hmm. and this, you know, the swinging of the trick weapons and being able to like, there's a lot of like satisfaction when you're good at a game like Bloodborne. And so even if you're kind of rusty or if you're just getting into it, when you have those moments that are like, boom, like, you know, you just go in, boss is like a quarter health and you're dodge, dodge, king, you know, or whatever, and you finish it off. Some of the best feeling feelings yeah. you can ever have in, in a video game right there is just in Dark Souls and Bloodborne or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Because games like uh, Minecraft are kind of hard for me. I'll have, you know, weeks where I get into it a lot. Yeah. Uh, But then as soon as I start, like, thinking about it, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? Interesting. But with Charlie, you're like, I've been sitting here for, like, three, four hours. And I'm like, between us. Yeah. I was like, how? You're right. Yeah. I can yeah. just chug away at Minecraft. So, Minecraft is like... I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things that... I don't know. I've never been like diagnosed with like ADHD or anything. But it's one of those things where... It'd be it'd be interesting to know like if I were to be... I wouldn't change anything or take medication. But it'd just be interesting to know. Be like, oh, then like that kind of makes a lot of sense. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and so like... 
you know, mm-hmm. with a game like Bloodborne, I think the reason we're both into it is because it's not super story heavy, but it has enough story to keep you interested. But it's not super story heavy to the point to where I'm like, all right, like right. I don't want to have exactly, you know, I don't want to have down. to sit yeah. here for so long and just like take all this in because you can come at it whatever speed you want to come at it with. Um, it's not right. competitive to the point to where that's yeah. the main focus of the game. And you don't even have to play it online either. And so for me, it kind of has a competitive edge. And for you, it doesn't necessarily have to have that competitive edge. But it incorporates it in a a way that makes it feel not as competitive as, say, something like Call of Duty. Um, Right, yeah. And and visually, it's appealing to both of us. I think we both really like the visual art style and just the way the game controls and feels. It feels really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Aside from a few camera issues, sometimes with the bigger enemies, overall, it's a really sound game to play. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of answer or respond to, you know, some of the stuff you said and then talk about my connecting point to like war, like call of duty and stuff. So I think you really hit the nail on the head. I think with like the challenge for me, like the challenge, like when games, I are structured more like a chess match to where there are quick moves and quick reflex checks, you know, to either stump an opponent, like opponent or something like that. I tend to like them more. I do think when you do get to like uh, like battle royale games, so like you and I really got into Fortnite for a while, and then yeah, you know, which is other ones, and then mm-hmm. Warzone, which I honestly think like Warzone comparatively is just really good. That being said, I tend to hit this like plateau level with those games to where I'll be doing all right, I'll be doing good, I'll be getting kills, and then I hit like a point. To where every time I play, it's just loss after loss, and I can't do it. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. Like, the satisfaction of winning becomes so diminished by the fact that, oh, I've lost again. Oh, I really tried. I really built up. I really tried to be aware, and, you know, my eyes open in the situation, and I just get blindsided and die. And it's like... Well, God, like I, what was the point, you know? (laughs) So I think for me, that tends to be the cutoff point for a lot of shooters in particular, I would say. I haven't ever played like a melee based battle royale. I don't really know if there are any, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just, uh, that tends to be my cutoff point. And even that's my cutoff point with like multiplayer and stuff too. Because I got really into what Call of Duty 4, so the original Modern Warfare. I got really into that multiplayer, you know. But then again, that was like one of the first times I really got into multiplayer. And it, I still hit that plateau point where I got kind of, you know, into it. And then was just beaten back down. And I was like, I can't. I don't want to do it. Not anymore. Yeah. So, like... I always hit that point with multiplayer, you know, um, deathmatch or whatever battle royale where I'm like, I would rather play something I actually feel like I'm progressing in rather than filling up an experience bar to unlock the next trinket or camo, 
You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's not worth it to me. Like, I don't care what my gun looks like. I mean, I want mm-hmm. my gun to look cool, but it's not that hard to make a gun look cool in, like, Call of Duty. You know what yeah. I mean? So, But I will say it's it's interesting that we played Fortnite so much because yeah. whenever we play, like, shooters together, I think that that really kind of helps balance. But even in those cases, yeah. um, obviously from experience, it's just, like, there's a still a point where it's, like, I just don't feel like, you know, losing anymore, basically. Or I don't feel like trying my right. very best. Or And there are times where I'm like, well, Charlie, it's like, just, you don't have to. Just, like, take it easy. Like, let's try to, like, it's fun just to play the game, you know, with people. That's the right. that's how I enjoy the games. Because well, I'm not very think- good. Like, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not, like, very good. And so, like, you know, it's so much yeah. fun to play the game with other people. And... A lot of my friends nowadays, especially, like, don't really want to. And I'm just like, but there's nothing else. And it's it's interesting because, like, we tried yeah. Stardew Valley. And, you know, it's not a bad game. But I'm just like, it's, there's progression. But in my personal opinion, it's way too slow. And I was like, oh, it's like Harvest Moon. Because I played yeah. Harvest Moon Save the Homeland. But that's when I was, I was younger. Yeah. Um, and nowadays, like, I'll go back and play it for, like, 30 minutes. And I'm like, it just... I don't want to take my chickens out one by one anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> or put them back right, in the coop right. one by one. It's like if it was streamlined yeah. or modded, I, I could probably get into it. But like it's that game. I like the day to day in that game. I like running around. Um, but in Stardew Valley, it just seems like it's like you kind of have to follow this roadmap to get things done. And I don't know. Something about that is yes just not no. appealing yeah. to me. Yeah. So it's interesting because we hit this divide and I think that you can kind of mark the divide with, you know, oh, I've dabbled in the shooters and the multiplayer, the battle royales, and you've dabbled in kind of like the other side where I spend a lot of time with like Minecraft and like Stardew Valley and No Man's Sky and, you know, examples kind of like that. But there are still like, odd connectors so like a big one that i would point to is what about so we both played you probably played skyrim less but so let's focus on like oblivion why do you think we both got sucked into like oblivion so the fourth elder scrolls game Mm -hmm. big open world fantasy rpg uh character creator why do you think we both got sucked into that but then there are other things that where we do, I'm kind of like, I don't want to play this anymore. Or you're like, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. So why I, why is Oblivion different? Do you think it's like an age thing? Like we just were in the same room, we were seeing each other play, and then we were like, oh man, I really want to play. Because <laughs> I remember well, specifically yeah. like watching you create your character and being like, I can't wait to play. I can't wait to start my character. I can't wait to do yeah, this. Play. I think it was kind of a unique time. I think, and it, it, it again goes back to like, going back and playing Oblivion now, I think it still is fun but I just, I've played Oblivion already, you know? I've I played it so much. And right. I think when we first got into it, not only were we both kind of watching each other, talking about it while we were playing, we were playing through it differently, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because we both did a bunch of quests. We both got super high-level characters. You know, we did different guilds. I did the Fighters Guild. Charlie did the Dark Brotherhood or Thieves Guild, you know? Right. Um we did the Shivering Isles, and which is some of the best DLC mm-hmm. ever. But 
the reason I think we got so into it was because it was the first game like it that we really ever played. And so, right. I mean, as far as I can remember, there we didn't really ever play a game like that up until that point. And so, you know, I think it was a very unique experience. And I think if if we played it today, well, if we played it when it came out and we were the age we are now, and it was our first game, I think we'd still enjoy it just as much. Right. And, you know, we'd be like on Discord, try right. have you been playing Oblivion? Oh my gosh, you know, or whatever. Like... <laughs> It's like, yeah, oh, you know, yeah. I think we'd still be doing that same thing because it was like that first big experience. And so even like we both mm, moved yeah. to Skyrim. I think you played Skyrim more than me, but I did play it a good bit. I played it a good bit. I, you know, level yeah. 50, I beat the main storyline, yada, yada. Um, but then we both didn't play it as much, you know, and then mm-hmm. it kind of started falling off. Like Fallout 3, we both played a lot. New Vegas, we both played a lot fall forward right. not so much like we just kind of started dropping off and i think one of the biggest reasons it just a personally that i'll let you speak um is that it's just like we kind of say they're not changing enough to where it feels like a wholly different experience like you play oblivion right you play skyrim skyrim is just kind of like a slightly tweaked oblivion you know fall four is like a sl- like a slightly tweaked follow three like there's not that much different about them and it's very predictable and so i think when you lose that mysterious element it gets very like oh i gotta do this again i gotta go here again i gotta go back and forth again right you know and so like you're like i've done this before i think that's one of the biggest reasons we've kind of fallen out of games like that as much as we used to be yeah yeah, I would agree because I think in a way we're both similar to where I mean, we both really like systems in games. And so like, but we like different systems. And sometimes I think those systems of how we interact with the game overlap. Mm-hmm. So like I do think, you know, the progression building and the slow kind of unlocks and minor goals of like a battle royale both appeal to us but then you have like the competitive edge in you that pushes you a little bit further in the actual gameplay yeah and whether as i will tend to find something else that has a new system and especially i think with oblivion and fallout and you're just the elder scrolls the more that you know about the system really diminishes the game And that, I think, was the problem with Fallout 4 and Skyrim, is that you hit that cap of like, oh, okay, I get how everything works. And you're like, oh, wait, I get how everything works. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's probably why we also both like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, because even though you understand the system in there, the game itself is challenging enough to where when you come at something in a slightly different angle, chaos kind of emerges and you're Mm -hmm. like, why is this time that I'm running through this area in dark souls and all these enemies seem to hit you right as you're running by. Yeah. And then other times you'll play through and it's like, you just glide past all the enemies and no, nothing can touch you. It's all clicking, you know? (laughs) Right. No, that's a, I, I think that's a really, really good one because especially as we've gotten older, I feel like 
that divide has grown more and I make it sound like it's a dramatic thing. It's not <laughs> a dramatic thing. You know, interests change like like you talk about Tarkov and I'm like, I don't think I'd ever enjoy playing Tarkov. It's, it's, so <laughs> let me I, I just let me just bring this so Escape from Tarkov, if you guys if I haven't said it already, is a hardcore first person shooter that is kind of like a culmination of, of a bunch of different genres. There's it's like an RPG because there's skilling, there's quests. You, you know, there's skills you can level up, there are quests you can do. It's also kind of an MMO because every time you go into a raid, which is what they're called, you encounter other players. But it's also kind of like, you know, like a, a team deathmatch because you can go in either solo or with a group of guys to get quests done, to kill a, you know, a, whether it's called a scav boss or whatever. Um, and the reason I think it's so appealing to me is because you have a stash, you have a hideout, you have to collect things to upgrade the stash to turn into the guys, the quest givers, you can trade items, there's like a, a flea market where you can buy things that other people have found, um, and you can play it almost any way you want, and there's like a really in-depth like gun modding system and like a really in-depth bullet system to where all the bullets and what type of bullet you're using matters, and it's just like a lot of little buttons that like click for me at different times that really keeps me entertained even though mm-hmm. I'm not very good at it. I just really enjoy playing it. So I think if right. you had a good computer to play it and that if you know we were playing it together, I think you would enjoy it a lot actually. But it would hit that point like yeah, any other shooter. The way you talk about it, that sounds it would, awesome. It would hit the point like any other shooter right. where you'd be like, Jack, I just almost every engagement we have with another group we die. You know what I mean? It would hit that point. Right. So, but how long it would take to get to that point? Who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, so I'm thinking about it, you know, as, as we're talking about all these things, we often talk about, and I think what I want to move into next is why we hit those walls. Like why, how I can hit the wall in like a shooter and say, you know what? I don't want to lose again. But flip the script, and I recently been playing this game called um, Curse of the Dead Gods. Curse of the Dead Gods. It's like a top-down, you know, action RPG, or not really an action RPG, but like a roguelite, where you can pick like a weapon loadout, go into this dungeon, and basically try to make it to the end. And I've cleared like the normal dungeon, and now I'm on the hard dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I'll periodically like pick it up and play. Yeah. And almost every time get killed by the last boss (laughs) right before the end. But somehow I'm still like, man, I want to try again. And it does. I don't ever hit that point. Whereas when I hit that point in a competitive way, if somebody else like or another team, I'm like, man, I, I I don't want to ever do that again. And I, I think for me, the reason it comes down to like a couple things, I think for some, some aspects it's a it's like a control thing for me yeah so for example like in curse of the dead gods or in other any other type of hard game or like a game like dead cells or like you know dark souls or i don't castlevania symphony of the night like any of these like metroidvanias or these stuff that tend to have like a difficulty curve to them that's you know can be Mm -hmm. kind of hard in those games it's all about like oh, hey, you weren't prepared enough or this boss is just challenging. 
but you always, there's this level of control that you have. There's this level of like, okay, but I got to this boss and I didn't save my healing and I don't have my strong weapon or I don't have a weapon that's good. And so I can see the through line. Yeah. I think when I hit that wall in shooters and the reason it's different is that sometimes it doesn't feel like no matter how I prepare, no matter what weapon I had in Apex Legends, no matter how you know fast I could build in Fortnite, no matter what position, there was always that level of like I'd hit this out of control point to where it's just like I can't hit the person and they hit me really quick and I'm just dead <laughs> and I'm like kind of left with that point of where it's like how could I have done better? Yeah. And so I think that's the difference and that's the wall for me and so jack not to like you can respond to that of course but so like if we flip the script for you why don't you hit that wall in shooters but then why do you hit that wall in games like minecraft or stardew or no man's sky Mm -hmm. or like any of these other kind of like single player you know slower games like what 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 frustrates you about one that the other you're like, okay, yeah. I can do it So again. I, I think that the reason I get tired of games like Minecraft or Stardew Valley is because it, I hit that point where I'm like, I realize that this is what I'm going to do and literally nothing is going to like be difficult in doing it other than just like investing hours. There's like, you know, it's like, mm. oh, a zombie could, it's like, no, like a zombie's not going to do anything. A creeper's not going to do anything. A creeper's going to set you back like, Oh, it explodes on your base. Okay, repair the 10 blocks. You're good to go. You know what I mean? Like, there's really no, like, hard point that, like, or like, there's no variant. And I think the reason I have that competitive edge is because other people create that variant. And even though most games I know I'm probably going to be outskilled mm-hmm. or outgunned, I know that, like, okay, I died that way. Well, okay, I just need to start having the high ground. You know, the high ground is super valuable. And and basically almost any shooter especially. And that's how you you slowly improve because that variance forces you to kind of adapt. And so then you kind of, your brain starts working on, okay, this is how like the circle's closing in. This is how I got to move. Or this is where I can go. Or what's my best choice? Oh man, like, or it's just, I'm just screwed. But what can I do? You know, and so just having that variance that other people bring in and then also kind of having that competitive edge to where it's like, I want to be better, even if I know, like, I'm going to lose or I'm not using the, you know, the good. Because I don't use the good guns because I like making it harder on me because I'm just, I'm that way. Right, right. Um, you're, you're, especially you're especially way. in, like, yeah. Warzone. Like, there's there's a whole, like, meta weapon. I just don't <laughs> use them because they're just, they're just so good. Yeah. But Charlie's like, yeah. why not use them? And I'm like, because it's just, it makes it easier, basically. And I don't want that. And then I use them, and it makes it makes no difference that I use them. So it's fine. But um, <laughs> now, so I don't know. I think I think the yeah, reason sorry, that I get into games like that is because people add that variance, and you have a game like Dark Souls that we both have gotten into, mm. where the variance is basically kind of optional. It's like you can go and play. Is it challenge? Yeah, like you can play the build you're yeah. used to playing, or you can kind of do it a bit different. You know, you know, and so you can kind of create it yourself. And right. I think that's why you and I have both gotten yeah. into those because in that point, it's a choice. It's not like, you know, it's not like Warzone or Call of Duty where you're just like, well, shoot, I just, 
lost because I just couldn't get the guy and he got me first or whatever. Whereas in me, I'm right, like, okay, well, right. I just need to shoot better, have better location. I just need to play more, basically, to get better and to yeah. put those into use. So where yeah. you're like, I'd rather not do that and not have that variance in that way and, yeah. you yeah. know, do a couple more runs where I have more control and it comes down to me just, you know, technically dodging the right time or, you know, approaching the boss fight a different way. You know, it's, there's more control rather than variance. Yeah. So I think that's probably yeah. one of the biggest reasons. Hmm. Yeah. That's a... Sorry, no, go ahead. And I was going to say, so, but it's funny because we have games like... So Borderlands, we both played Borderlands a lot together, you know, and it's yeah. a shooter, but like it's, it's a good, good, good co-op shooter yeah. where we're both going towards the same goal and there is enough variance and variety to where I'm interested and there's enough linear and control to where you're still interested and so like it doesn't matter about the shooting it's just like it's just a fun game to right. play and enjoy especially with somebody else um but then you, yeah. you can bring in a weird game no, like i agree darkest dungeon which is a game we both should like a lot but it, we've we've found it really hard to get right into, that's an interesting one but yeah maybe we can talk about that a little bit later yeah no, yeah, I, I would love to bring up Darkest Dungeon again because that is definitely one where it's like, why would I not like this game? Maybe we should try playing it together on YouTube. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea, actually. Um, no, those are, all, yeah, those are all great points. It's like we almost, in the games we play, we almost like to see, you know, a through line. And mm-hmm. when I see the through line is just, oh, hey, play more and get better, I'm like, mm, no. But then it's like, in Star, like, well, because it's funny, because then, like, in Stardew Valley, that is the goal, is you play more and get better. But the thing is, is, yeah, I do have way more, you know, tiny control over everything that's happening. You know, I can spend the first day of each season maximizing how much I'm going to grow for that entire month and be like frantically running around and buying (laughs) seeds and working until two o'clock, you know, and the Mm -hmm. night to like get everything planted and done on the first day. So then I could time it all out and then I could be like, okay, well these pumpkins are going to grow until it'll be ready on the 13th. And so that means I can plant another round of pumpkins and you know what I mean? Like I love digging into it in that way. And an interesting one that I want to bring up that we also both played that this, I think it's kind of sad that this game has vanished because, God, I remember, especially the first two games, so fondly. Those are Little Big Planet, one and two. Oh my gosh, yeah. We, like, you and I spent so much time just in, like, the creator mode, like, oh, hey, we're going to create these, like, rickety cars and <laughs> yeah. take them off ramps and we're going to create these levels. And yeah. we spent, like, so much time making stuff in little big planet that it makes me sad that it's not around anymore. And like, I know little, little big planet three is there and you have dreams, but dreams is like, it almost skews way too far. And like the, Oh, Hey, you can make anything. And so then you're like, well, I'm not limited by what I make. So what? And then little big planet, you're like, well, you have to kind of make a side scroller. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's, it's it's so crazy just seeing what people are able to do in those games. And I think 
one and two are super good. Right. I think three, I think it is actually really good, but there's almost too much you can do in three. That in my, in my yeah. opinion, I think there's too much you can do. Whereas like one and two, there's a lot you can do, but you're still limited by the fact that, you know, you only have this many planes. Um, you kind of have to make a side scroller, but people are like, no, we're going to yeah. find ways to make, you know, whole different genres or like homages to whatever, you know, it's, it's really cool. And right. I don't know, going back and playing through those. Cause I did that. I did, I did download little big planet three recently for Ellie, but it's kind of too hard for her right now because yeah. there's too much in it. It's like, mm-hmm. um, right. And I went back and played some of those levels that I made and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I remember I know, like yeah. sitting down and like working on like version 1.1 version 1.3 or one yeah. 1.6 or whatever, you know? And yeah, that, you know, I think the one gaming thing I wish I still had is I wish I still had some of my little big planet levels. I think we lost them because I deleted them from like their space in the world because I wanted to like redo them all and republish them. And I just never got around to it. And so like when, we sold the PlayStation. Like I lost those levels. Some of them are still up, like some of the ones I made, but I would love to go back to, you know, those original files and be like, oh man, play and play those again. Cause I remember I got so into trying to make like cool worlds and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Jack, before I pass it back to you, I kind of want to end this segment with us. We've talked about, you know, why we play the games we play what Roblox we are in the games that like we should like. So let's really quickly talk about each talk about like darkest dungeon, like a game that we both should like, but just aren't able to get into. And then I want to kind of end today with talking about like, if we could create our perfect game, oh boy. like what that That's would look a hard like. Question. You can kind of give it like an elevator pitch or you could kind of give it like a in depth dive or, However you want to do it. So, but start with Darkest Dungeon. Why? Why is Darkest Dungeon never grabbed? You? I don't know. What is Darkest? So Dungeon? Darkest Dungeon. What is? What is? So Darkest Dungeon is a. What is? <laughs> the brain is made up of billions and billions. Um. Billions so Darkest Dungeon is like this two D, um, basically like side scroller dungeon crawler, and so you have a select amount of people that you go in with. You know, you go in with like a a knight a priest or like these different classes of people um, in different positions. Cause we've got four guys, four positions, each of them kind of excel in different positions. And then you go through these dungeons and the point is to go far enough to eventually um, fight the boss and to level up your heroes enough to actually defeat the darkest dungeon and push back like this eldritch horror that's, you know, leaking out into the world, basically. That you're... That sounds awesome. Like, what you just exactly. said. I'm like, I would... 100%, I'm in. And you can, you can you can customize your characters, um, give them names, their, the colors of their outfits, um, upgrade their skills. Each of them have, like, some skills you can use and not use. And, like, it's it has a lot of things. And I'm like, this game is great. And I can honestly tell you that I have no idea why... I'm, I cannot get into this game. I think part of it is that when you're attacking people, it's kind of a dice roll. Whether you your attack hits or misses or how much damage they do. Um, and it's not like, oh, your guy's going to do it between 8 
to 10 damage. It's like your guy is either going to do 10 damage, 3, or miss. You know, it's it's hard to find that in between. <laughs> right, right. And so I think that might be why, because it's hard to have, like, any control, because you can go in super prepared, but if the game just doesn't like you that day, yes, you'll have, like, oh, three misses in a row on, a, on an enemy that has, like, no dodge, but you're just missing. Um, and then mm-hmm. the enemy's like, oh, critical, mm-hmm. critical. Your guys get stressed out. Your guys freak out. And it's like, there's nothing you can do. It just, like, spirals, you know? I think that's probably, yeah. I can't do it. That's probably why I'm not able to get into it is because, well, I don't, that doesn't have to be 100% control or reliability. Just the amount of times it has just spiraled and I've lost three, four guys just because like it was just completely out of my control and I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just, my three guys missed and the enemies all hit and all critical. What, what are you supposed to do? You know? I think mm-hmm. that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's actually very similar to why it was hard for me too. Because, like you said, and like in your description on paper, the I should love this game because you know it starts off and this guy's like, my family home was corrupted by an you know an irreparable <laughs> sin, and now irreparable you must enter sin. the darkest dungeon. And you're like, oh, oh my god, this and is the, the music good. Like, and when you're in yeah. combat. And you like get a kill on enemy, they're like Back the, the narrator's like a decisive yeah. blow. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're like it was like too random for me, where like I remember I got to the point to where like I started to have a good team of people, and then my knight had a mental breakdown, and so he needed to go to the asylum, and so I needed to use somebody else. And I was like, But the other guy's not as good. Why do I want to use this guy? And I just it it wasn't like it was almost like there was just too much right in the beginning because it's like oh you can send this guy to go drink you can send this guy to go gamble you can send this guy to go recover in the church we don't know if it's good we're not going to tell you and it's like that's fine but there was like a level of like just chaos that i I didn't find enjoyable. Like I was just like, man. And it's funny because it's like I love turn-based games. Like turn-based games are my jam. But like, yeah, like you said, there is definitely something when you're like, okay, my knight most of the time will get these decent hits on these guys, and then he misses, and he misses, and the enemy hits you, hits you stressed out. Your your people are freaking out. They're moving around on their own. And it just turns into this game of like where you're managing all these things that are going wrong rather than actually like progressing and doing anything. And so you end up, it's like a a simulation to where you're just dealing with crazy people. And it's like, I, oh man. Yeah, exactly. I I don't want to keep doing it. And like, I never hit that point to where I was like, oh man, I got a foothold. It was always like, Oh hey, you got a foothold up. Oh, you slipped. Oh no, you're falling. You're still falling. Oh, you're exactly. Back the it, beginning. It's Selection like new people, and it's like I, I don't want to do you that. You take a, you know, okay, my this skill, eight ninety percent accuracy. Enemy, oh, it has like yo, ninety has a has, like, has a four percent dodge. Like, rate. Okay, so I'm gonna throw a flash, stun this guy. Stun is a ninety percent chance. This guy has no stun mm-hmm. resistance. Then my knight's gonna slash him, and then. 
I'm going to block this with this guy. Okay, cool. Throw the flash. Flash misses. Or flat, no, the flash hits, but doesn't stun him for some reason. Just doesn't stun him because it just doesn't hit. Your knight yeah. misses. And then the other guy, you know, <laughs> blocks. Okay, he blocks, but nothing happens. And then the enemy is like, okay, well, I'm going to stress out your guy. Ding! Critical stress attack. So more stress. And then it, then the other enemy is like, oh, the guy who you didn't stun is like, oh, critical hit. Now you're bleeding and you're stressed out because you just got you're bleeding and you're critically hit. And it's just it just can snowball so wrong so fast. And you're like, I, I, I tried. You know, there's nothing I could do. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah interesting i definitely want to give another chance because it's one of those things where it's like i feel like once i sink my teeth into it and can internalize the chaos i'd really like it but the several hours that that requires that's a hard uphill battle because Mm -hmm. unlike a game like dark souls or demon souls which recently came out you know playstation 5 was remastered those games you it's just your character and you have a lot of control about what you're doing where you're gonna roll when you're gonna heal and so like the chaos in those games comes from like spacing to where it's like okay this guy enemy's gonna swing at me i'm gonna dodge and then heal and you can do it you know or Mm -hmm. you get hit and you you know it's it's it reminds me of playing fallout one and at the end of the game when you're like fighting the master and the super mutants are coming down the hall, and you just need to take care of one super mutant, and you're like, 95% chance in the eyes, all right, and you have your turbo plasma rifle, takes like three action points, you know, you can take four action points to get an aim shot, aim shot, 95% miss, aim shot, 95% miss, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> like what? I mean, yeah, it's possible, you know, it's but it's not, yeah, the, it's the not probability what? of it happening is so low, and you're like, of course it happens, though. Because why wouldn't it? And then the mutes come up and they start punching you. It's like, okay, okay whatever. But Mutant comes Jack, up, three damage, three damage, crit for 98, and you're like, okay, well. <laughs> Dude, that was the worst. In, in, in the fallouts, you're like, yeah. mutant, minigun, three Dude, damage. Oh my god, yeah. seven the damage. Minigun. It's the minigun, 400 and it's damage, also... and you're like, the laser, laser rifle rifles. is yeah. really bad about it too. In the you can be like in the necropolis, right? Because okay, go to the necropolis, <laughs> talk to that mutant. You're like trying to run from him, and he like will shoot you. And it's like most of the time with the armor you're wearing, it's like, oh, twelve points, oh, eight points of damage. Or he misses every once in a while. It's like, oh, critical hit, eighty points of damage. Your guy's chopped in half with a laser rifle. <laughs> and you're like, what? what? What is going on? Yeah, miniguns are the same thing where it's like, bring five damage, five damage, 98 damage. You're like, what? <laughs> so what happened? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Jack, before yes, we wrap sir. up here, what game, kind of based on our conversation, like if you could make this game for yourself that was uh-huh. going to be the perfect game for you to play, and that you would enjoy. What mm-hmm. kind of game would you make? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. It could be like specialize in a couple areas. It doesn't have to be like the end all be all game. So it could be you know something specific. But what would you make? I'll tell you right now, off the top of my head, without really thinking about too much because it would take too much time. Um, you take Tarkov, 
you take out the main components that are randomized loot, like a randomized yeah. spawning of loot, and also you take out the players and you increase the AI of the NPCs that are in the game. You make things more dedicated as far as like loot and their spawns, and you make it to where playing with other people is optional, not required. Mm. And you adjust the skills a little bit, and then I'll play the game for years. The main reason I take breaks from Tarkov is because the loot's random, and you need that one last item for a quest, and you just can never find it. But as soon as you do find it, oh, after you turn in that quest, look what you find in the next raid. Two of that item. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, of course, because why wouldn't I? Or, oh, I'm going with all this good stuff. Ting! You're one-tapped, because someone's just that much better than you are so it's like you know that's why i take breaks and so if there's less of that i think i would not take breaks i think i'd really really enjoy it Mm, it's good it's good i mean that sounds fun to me because i could see myself getting into that especially if it was kind of like a dark souls invasion style to where you could be on a loot run and all of a sudden you get a little radio static it's like another operator has entered the field and yeah you're like, you know, oh, that'd be so cool <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're like so you have some warning but you have no idea where they are yeah exactly you know what i mean and then you could have like this dedicated pvp stuff like you could still keep that but it's like having an option to where you can have like oh it's like random low chance or you know to where people can step into whatever kind of run you're doing to try to mess you up or to try to take the loot that'd be great so it'd be really good yeah, get down with that. Which you for can, me, you can do offline raids, but like you don't gain any experience or levels from it. And so I'm like, oh, right. please, please, let me, like, make it, make it be less. Please. But like, let please. this, you know. But anyways, <laughs> you go ahead. So for me, I think Lame. right now, I <laughs> Lame? Good night, everybody. I would do a combination. Three games. Really, you could say a combination of two games. So let's let's you know make it a little simpler. Let's do a combination of No Man's Sky and Dark Souls. Okay. Okay. So let me let me paint the picture a little yes, bit. Yes, explain, please. The problem with No Man's Sky is that it doesn't feel good to play. Um it just is clunky isn't it, and isn't that the truth? It's not fun. It's not fun. But I think a big positive with No Man's Sky is that sense of exploration and really nothing beats the momentum for me of, you know, jumping into a new system and what planets you might find, even though I think the procedural generation kind of wrecks that a little bit. For me, that's like unparalleled, like that feeling of taking off from a planet, going up, going to a different system, landing on a new planet and being like, wow, no one's ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And so I want to kind of keep that, but then just trade out that gameplay. Let's make this like a sci-fi, a sci-fi fantasy game. So you can kind of think about, I've been watching Marvel movies, so you can kind of think about this in maybe almost like an, like an Asgard, Asgardian type thing where we have the, we have spaceships and we have stuff, but you still have people using swords or like modifications or different armor, you know, kind of like Dune. Dune is a lot like that to where they, most people wear these shields that if a laser 
you know, hits these shields, it goes off in like a nuclear explosion. And so most people fight each other using knives because that's the only way you can penetrate through the shield by going at like a certain speed. Interesting. So let's keep an idea like that to where you can land on this planet, get out of your ship. You can go and get some supplies. Maybe you can go and build a base. You can kind of like loop around and then you're like, oh man, this towering enemy comes up. You've awakened the guardian of the forgotten planet. And this huge thing comes after you and you're like, I need to get out of here. You get in your ship, you narrowly escape. You know, you can see it as this guardian destroys the area in a huge like cataclysmic explosion yeah. as you fly away. And then you can go to another planet and do that. And I kind of have like this big system of like, you know, let's maybe make it 20 worlds so you can have them all hand designed. And they don't even have to be huge like planet size they can just be these huge spaces that you kind of traverse and you can kind of go between Mm -hmm. and so you still have that feeling of like oh man i'm going to land my ship here and if i land it here this is going to give me a different approach through this area you know i i would love a game like that that allows you to kind of conquer things and have a really engaging play experience but then also keeps kind of that free form exploration yeah i mean now i'm not a game designer so Something like that might be impossible to do because, like, how are you supposed to have these really designed enemy encounters if you can land your ship behind them, or you know, like yeah. So, so honestly, like my favorite, that's, that's my I'm favorite saying. experience on No Man's Sky, which that sounds great, by the way. Play it with other people sounds like a great time, especially. But my favorite mm-hmm. thing in No Man's Sky was exploring those like abandoned frozen ships, and reading those mm-hmm. logs that are like, we've shut off the life support to try to kill this thing that invaded our ship and you're like excuse me it's freezing cold mm-hmm. you know and it's you're like going through like and i'm like if you took dead space no man skied it right. a little bit made it less procedural and much more like you know meaningful you, you know that would be so much fun like an open world yeah. horror survival kind of game basically where well and you know it's cool hmm. sorry go ahead where like you can land on these no, different planets or ships but there's maybe there's like right. there's maybe there's only a couple planets or you know and like the main focus is like finding these different you know brigades or these like different like mining ships or these colonies and just trying to figure out what happened and how you can basically kind of mold your base or your survival around preventing that from happening to you to where you can kind of thrive yeah. or survive you know no, I think that's a brilliant idea. I would love the idea. Like in No Man's Sky, it kind of gets into this a little bit to where there's like this creeping corruption that affects planets. But I mean, how cool would it be if almost Terraria style, how you could land on a planet and your little readout would be like, this planet is currently undergoing corruption. And the planet is like corrupting around you or these like really dense spots. Or you can land on like a USG Shimura and be like, what in the world happened here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to worry that what if one of these things snuck aboard your ship and has come back to your base, and then all of a sudden you get this alert while you're back at home tending to your crops that it's like, oh, hey, unknown, you know, biological substance has been spotted, you know, in yeah. the perimeter, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be awesome. <laughs> we can only dream. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's kind of what I want. As I, yeah, I love kind of that openness, not like... I don't need things to be open world, but to give you like a big open field, which I think that's why I'm really excited for Elden Ring, which is kind of the next 
game from the Dark Souls people. Yeah. Because it's kind of supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be, they've described it as like an open field approach to where it's like you have all of these things that you can do, but in a play style like Dark Souls to where your boots on the ground, you have a lot of control, you have a lot of like agency over the things you're picking up or the things you're equipping or what you're upgrading. So yeah, that sounds sounds great. Sounds great. Jack, that's all I have today. Do you have anything else you want to add? You know what? I think that's about all I have too. I'm really, uh, I like this conversation. I think because we haven't really like, talked about a good one. this like in in person in this kind of depth. So it was kind of fun talking about right. it in depth actually. Yeah, definitely. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to you know, close us out. This okay. episode of the Rack and Deer Collection. Chapter three, episode three. Uh, all about Jack, you can use this for the title. The games or games and why we play them. It's a good one. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you want to get a hold of us, you can get us at racketeercollection gmail.com. We have Jack just wrote games and why we play them. That is better. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's what you. Oh, that's is that what, what you I said? said? Right. Um. Okay. What did you? What would what yeah. you think you said? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everybody, look forward to. We got another episode of Chapters. Another episode of Tales of Ephemera. We already had Lily write in an amazing story that I believe Simon Alusha will read because he did tell me that he likes it rather a lot. So mm, yeah, you'll get to hear that soon. And look forward to our merchandise you have what 27 more days to pick up uh, a hoodie a t-shirt a mug whatever kind of floats your boat over there in your little demented land that you're listening to this from so you know it's it's uh it's uh it's also like that tyler cunningham does the music wonderful wonderful music from the tyler man this intro, I think this intro has uh, been one of my favorite It's a good one. What's this intro? This, <laughs> this intro and the outro is what's called the Grinning Goat. Is it's, that what it's Yeah, called? it's very good. Again, I, still, I, <laughs> I will email good. him probably tomorrow and be like, hey, can we get like a personal thing? Here's some money. Or who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Here's some of our fat stacks of cash. Yeah. Tyler, make us a Make us a you know, song. Like you're flicking through the bills. <laughs> That's not really a good shuffling sound Gross for the eight. bills, huh? <laughs> Just some wet bills you're shuffling through. There you go. I don't remember. We you can totally we can you can bring in the intro. Or the yeah, it's it's coming here. in. It's coming I, in right now. I do want you to leave. Have a good, have a good day. Everybody. I do want you to leave this in though. Have a good day, everybody. I Kate and I we have this running joke, and I don't remember. We were watching Lord of the Rings, and I don't remember what scene it was or why. But I had this running joke where it was like Aragorn, and he was like, "Oh, over there, Legolas!" And Legolas goes, <laughs> shoots his arrows, and he just shoots the hobbits. <laughs> well, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> it reminds me of like, but just the 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 arrows. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds me of like recently, like Laura and I. I don't know why we've been going like. Like little like fart sound, just for, like literally anything. <laughs> so like in a show, this guy like we've been watching Naked and Afraid, and this guy goes like, "Oh, like I need to find some firewood." Like walks off, and we just go. <laughs> we just start cracking up. It's like 
so stupid, but it's so funny. <laughs> or I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sit down, sit down right next to you. <laughs> you know, and just that's it. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> and that's oh, that's gosh. about it. Kate and I have been cracking up over it in the office, Beep. in the uh, house party episode. After <laughs> I can hear Kate laughing right now, where Jan throws Michael's Dundee at his, <laughs> his flat screen TV, <laughs> and Michael's like, "That's a two hundred dollar flat screen TV you just killed. Good luck paying me back on your zero dollars plus benefits, babe." <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just it tickles me. It tickles my fun. All right, that's the end of my Thanks for listening to this song.